1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to Jamie D. and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton, and we are here to talk about the Bills having punched their playoff ticket, the offense winning in a different sort of way, Oliver's dominant performance, Brian Dable's interesting decision-making, and oh, there's more to come. How are you feeling, my big man, on this snowy, snowy day?
0: Man, I'm feeling pretty good. We don't have any snow here. I'm still in St. Louis. Um... I watched the game yesterday on my phone um, in the boom, boom room with pops. You know what I'm saying? He's smoking me out. My eyes watering, my nose hair <laughs> is burning, but it's okay, man. I'm spending time with my old man. He turns 80 next year. So, yeah, it was interesting. So, it's, it's much unlike what I usually have in the comforts and confines of my own home, but uh, we got it done, man. It was an entertaining game. I'm glad we were able to pull it out. And the most important thing is I'm I'm – I'm just thinking about how I got to put my $30 aside next weekend to get my back-to-back AFC East championship t-shirts. You know, Big Newt loves the t-shirts, man.
1: Big Newt loves his gear, does he not?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know how I am about my gear and I know how you feel about gear.
1: Yeah, I am (laughs) such an anomaly amongst Bills fans. I actually, listen to this though, I was wearing a, long sleeve Bill's t-shirt that I found at a Salvation Army store. So I think I paid $3 for it. It's a <laughs> blue shirt with a B- charging Bill's logo on the front. And it says Allen 17 on the back. So I'm wearing that. And everybody was like, what? Did you get something for Christmas? Why are you wearing that? that <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, it, no, no. <laughs> that is hilarious.
0: You, got your, you get your gear. You get your paraphernalia from the Salvation Army.
1: Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> that is
0: that is so funny to me on so many levels, bro, man. And it's like, and my thing is, I, I can laugh about it because I never once again, man. People who don't have, I get it, but it's like you live in this immaculate house with. I mean, I don't know. It's just. I don't want to tell your business, but I'm like, this dude lives in like a half million dollar home, and he's getting his gear from the Salvation Army. That's like so funny to me. I'm sorry.
1: Good. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I, I felt bad. I didn't want to tell your business. I don't want you to get stuck up or robbed or nothing, but yeah, you got a very nice house in D.C., but, so.
1: But yeah. I live in only 1,500 square feet, so, eh.
0: But your neighborhood is so, like, yeah, it's like New York City type stuff. You walk everywhere. Everybody's so nice. People right. running with their designer, you know, leggings and stuff. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Lots of women in yoga pants. <laughs> it's really nice. There's exactly. a Soul Cycle, a spin studio, like a couple blocks from here. And every every weekend morning, when I go down to my favorite coffee shop, those classes are letting out and. Ooh, big newt. I'm telling you, there's some sights to see. I, I I know, man. I saw that when we were together
0: back in August, man. My head was turning. So, you know,
1: um, <laughs>
0: but that one building that's in your neighborhood, you said that those apartments was going for like $1.5 million or something like that.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And they're just That's apartments. Really right.
0: And those are just apartments, right. So that gives, I mean, once again, I didn't want to tell your business, but that gives a listeners of what we're talking about here. So, okay. <laughs> <You> <laughs> know. I, I,
1: I may delete this out because now I sound like I have a lot more money than I do. No. Because no. I, I, I'm not a high roller. It's just, this is what you have to do to get into the market here in D.C.
0: Well, that's, and that, once again, man, it's just funny that they, I got that, but then I just, you know, got a $3 Bill's Josh Allen t-shirt from Salvage Onion. That's <laughs> That's just funny to me. I'm sorry.
1: Bringing I'm, it full circle. Well, that's how I'm able to afford this mortgage is by cutting in every other place in my makes life. Makes
0: sense. Makes sense. I got you.
1: Yeah. My eight-year-old car and, you know, all the rest of it. You got an eight-year-old car. But when we
0: when we went out to lunch when I was there, you took me to a place with $20 burgers. (laughs) Remember? Because I wanted to go to Shake Shack. I knew love Shake Shack and they were closed, remember? Yeah. So then you took me to the other place and it had the $20 burgers. And then, like anything you else you want, I'm like, no, I can't afford nothing else. Just give me the (laughs) burger and water.
1: (laughs) Like I said, it's one of the most expensive cities in the world. (laughs)
0: Oh, man, that's awesome.
1: Anyway, Mm -hmm. the Buffalo Bills are going to the playoffs yet again for the fourth time in five years under Sean McDermott. Do you believe it, to quote Van Miller? We have to talk about
0: that, man. How awesome is this? What we've been able to turn around with this organization, you cannot sneeze on the fact that this is the fourth playoff appearance in five years. We we let's just just sink that in for a minute. Let's just take it in for a minute. These kids growing up like Jalen, Jalen only really remembers playoffs. Mm-hmm. Think about it. He's eleven, so he's been going to playoffs since you know pretty much he could you know since seven years old. Since That's kindergarten. What I'm about yeah, yeah, man. So he 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 got. I told you last week. You know he got his digs jersey. He gonna wear it to school even though school got canceled today because of snow. Um, in Richmond, in, uh, in Virginia. But, I mean, he said he got him and about five or six other kids be wearing uh, Josh Allen jerseys. I mean, we're going to have a whole new set of fans, man. That's awesome, man. Bill's Mafia is starting at the ground roots, and it's going to grow, man. So as you and I get old and we flipped out of the world, you know, we're leaving Bill's Mafia in good hands.
1: Dare we say, during... This the McBean administration with Josh Allen at quarterback. Playoffs is now the expectation.
0: Yeah, yeah. He Anything less
1: is a failure, isn't it?
0: It is, man. And he said that in the post game. They said, "How do you feel about uh, you know, going to playoffs for the last five years?" He said, "That's what we expect, and it's so refreshing to have those expectations and actually meet it, man."
1: Oh man, it feels good. It just makes me reminisce on things like the Rex Ryan years and the Dick Jerron years and uh, uh Chan Gailey. It' yeah. so much. Oh, so all, so much. All the tears,
0: all the beers. <laughs> the <complaint>. <laughs> <laughs> all the shots and all the oh my god. All yeah. the bar, all the empty bars at the end of the year. Yeah, you know? us being
1: excited uh, over the Bills beating Jets teams that were quarterbacked by guys like Cleo Lemon. And we're like, we're on our way. Next year's <laughs> going to be better. And then it wouldn't be. Exactly, man. Cleo you know? Lemon. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> exactly, man.
1: What is it that makes this team consistently good enough to make the playoffs?
0: It's the coaching. Okay. It's the well, well,
1: it's the entire organization, isn't it?
0: Right, and that's what I was about to say. I was about to say culture, but then I checked myself I was like, no, it's the culture, you know. And it, it, we got the knuckle, I feel like we got the knuckleheads out of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's pulling in the same direction. Um, good decisions from the GM, um, consistency with the culture staff. I just think. It, it, it is just refreshing. And also, it's a franchise quarterback, you know? And yeah. although he didn't play well yesterday statistically, uh throwing the football, I mean, he added another 80 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. But to have that kind of quarterback play, I mean, that makes the world of difference. a difference. And couple that with one of the best defenses in the league, this is what you get. Mm-hmm. What do you think?
1: I, I'm I'm with you on that. I think top to bottom, this team has been built the right way. I, I think that when you talk about removing guys like Marcel Darius and Sammy Watkins, who has a different set of problems, you're looking at a team that took their medicine but had a very clear vision of how they wanted to build themselves. Now, uh, one place where they could shoot themselves in the foot is if they don't keep stringing together good draft, good draft classes. The past right. two draft classes have been questionable. You know, it's a little early to uh, to write people off, but when you have your second round picks consistently being game based scratches, you know that's that's not great.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And, and once again, we. Uh... We talk about Brandon Bean and the acquisitions he's made and the draft picks he made. It's been some ups and it's been some downs, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, once again, we'll talk about this in the offseason. Offensive line, let's get it addressed and get it done. But I tell you, man, we talked about the game yesterday. Offensive line, I mean, I I haven't looked at uh, PFF scores yet, man, because we're doing this early. And um, also, I have to commend you and thank you for changing your schedule around. We're recording this Monday morning early on the, uh, in the Midwest. So usually we record Tuesday evenings, but I'll be traveling headed back East Coast. So um, I, I, I appreciate you changing your schedule, your work schedule around for this. I guess I shouldn't say that, huh? Because your job going to be like, man, you should be working right now, huh? Uh,
1: no, I have today off.
0: Okay, good, good. I didn't want to be a snitch, man. I don't like rats. Yeah, I'm
1: just (laughs) starting a new job tomorrow and took today off.
0: Okay, gotcha. Okay, good. And so, uh, yeah, but, I mean, I haven't looked at pro football focus scores, man, but I tell you, just the eye test watching the film, offensive line gave Josh Allen plenty of time to throw, and we rushed for 233 yards, so you know they were doing their thing in block, uh, run block, so.
1: Well, I liked their run blocking a lot better than I liked their pass blocking yesterday. And that that's really unusual to say for this offensive line because they haven't been able to run block at all this season. And little did I expect that the game was going to be turned around by the running situation because, let's face it, throwing the ball, Josh Allen did not have it against the Falcons. Those first two interceptions were garbage garbage interceptions um and i i have to think that he just it just wasn't his day and brian dable recognized it took really took the ball out of josh allen's hands which is something they never really have had to do in the past but they did it and it worked
0: all right let's let's dive into that a little bit all right so when the game started Josh Allen moved a ball down the field massively in the air.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Everything was working. Now, you said the first two interceptions that he threw, right? Yep. He threw three on the day. I Two of them was tipped. I feel like the only bad one is when he sealed the ball over Beasley's head. That's the only bad one in my eyes. The other two were tipped. So I'm like, eh,
1: is that more him or is it bad luck? I am going to put that one on him because that first one was tipped because he threw it into coverage. It wasn't tipped at the line. It was tipped downfield. So he was throwing, and they showed this in the replay. Uh, Mark Sanchez, actually, as a color man, is pretty good. And he sort of masterfully explained that on that play, Josh Allen had two receivers in that side of the end zone that he was trying to get open, but there were five defenders on two guys. That's why it was tipped. Mm -hmm. I got you. In my opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that first one that got tipped, it was in the end zone, and he kind of threw across his body, too. And we always talk about how you can't do that. That's a cardinal sin in quarterback play. Mm -hmm. And he gets away with it because he has an amazingly strong arm, but... Days like yesterday, it might come back and bite you.
1: Mm-hmm. You know. Also, on that play, if you if you take a look from a wider angle, he had Spencer Brown that saw him beginning to run and started running downfield to lead block for him. He may have been able to run that in. Yeah. yeah. But instead, he he made a bad decision. I, I'm going to tell
0: you what, though. I think not to cut you off, Go but and Sanchez kind of talked about it, and I agree with you. I think he did a wonderful job uh, commentating the game. Um, but it talked about how, you know, if he have a good game, he'll be back in the MVP conversation. And mm-hmm. I feel like in the first half, that's what he was trying to do. Like when we were on the goal line, it's like we were trying to throw the ball in. And then once we couldn't, it's like, okay, Josh, you need to run it in now. And so – and I don't know how – because I, I don't play fantasy football. I don't deal with all that stuff. But I would imagine because his QBR was uh, 61%. I think his uh, QB rate was like 17. It was his number.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: when you throw three interceptions and no touchdowns, 120 yards passing, that looks horrible. And I don't think it takes into account his rushing. 15 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns. So it's kind of like, okay, after the game, it's like, all right, yeah, if he would have played well, all right, then his name would have been probably back in that conversation. But it's like nobody cares about the 81 yards and the two touchdowns. See, So as a fan, I'm looking at it like, okay, 200, 200 yards of offense, two touchdowns, three picks. Not as bad as just 120 and three interceptions.
1: You're right. And to me, that's what keeps him in the MVP conversation is because other quarterbacks aren't going to be able to do that. But, like, I mean, let's let's be honest. Aaron Rodgers, you think if he has a bad day throwing the ball, he's going to start running? Not a chance. Not a chance. Tom Brady? Nope. Right. Nope. Not happening. So he couldn't do it with his arm. Instead, he did it with his legs. Now, he's probably... Feeling it this morning with more bumps and bruises than he would have had otherwise. But, hey, you know what? You make bad decisions, you got to pay the piper. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and tackling him is definitely a
0: business decision, man. I tell you, the physicality that not only him, but Devin Singletary ran with yesterday. Singletary, 23 carries, 110 yards, uh, averaged almost five yards a carry, two touchdowns. The physicality, and also Zach, I'm sorry, I can't exclude Zach Moss, five carries for almost 40 yards, almost eight yards a carry. The physicality that those three young men ran with yesterday, it set the tone. And yes, it just it, did. Know, it just showed that when our passing attack isn't working, that Josh Allen doesn't have to do everything by itself. We could be uh, multidimensional and beat you in different ways, and we saw that yesterday.
1: And the Falcons don't have a great defensive line, so it was definitely the right game to try to get the running on track because you've said it so many times. In sports, confidence is everything. Yeah, This gives the Bills confidence to run the ball against those other teams. And, you know, they're playing the Jets next week, so that sort of thing should probably continue, wouldn't you think?
0: I would think so, man. Even though the Jets played uh, Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, down to yeah. the bar. I think it came down to one of the last plays of the game. Um, they fought. And I would imagine that they're going to fight, you know, next week against us. And they would love for uh, to ruin our season by not getting the AFC championship. So they're not going to lay down, you know. And, no. and, I, and I thought that the uh, Falcons was going to lay down yesterday but i didn't realize until game time that they were still in it i mean if they would have won they still would have been in a playoff hunt so they fall hard you know and i think it was just uh stupidity on matt Ryan's part to be uh yapping talking oh crap, man and then uh he winds up getting a penalty and that takes them out of scoring range man so that was just i on somebody who's a veteran, somebody who's a, probably going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, top ten passer all time in the league, been to a Super Bowl before. Um, that to me, that was just a brain fart on his part, and I'd be, I'd be pissed off if I was a, a Falcons fan because of that.
1: Oh my God! Yes, I mean, somebody that I was watching the game with was like Matt Ryan. What? What are you thinking? You got to know better than that. You're old. <laughs> <laughs> and he does look ancient. Doesn't he look like he's 50? Yeah, he does. He does.
0: <laughs> he doesn't look as sprightly as he did when he came out. So
1: Yeah, he, uh, he looks like he spent way too much time in the sun.
0: Yeah, yeah. He looks but, like a raisin.
1: But yes, that play, and it, in case the listeners missed it, Matt Ryan went running for the end zone. He began to sort of dive slash slide and he hit the ground at about the one yard line, but his momentum carried him into the end zone. And then he got up and spiked the ball and talked smack to Jordan Poyer, got called for taunting. But then they reviewed it and said, no, he was actually down at the one yard line. That was not a touchdown. And with the... Uh, With the taunting penalty on top of it, it moved them back to the 16-yard line. They had to settle for a field goal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kind of unforgivable, isn't it?
0: Isn't it? I got a question real quick. Yeah. So you just explained that play. Do you think we have any listeners that's listening to us on their commute to work on Wednesday morning? Do you think people listen to us that didn't watch the game? It's always a
1: possibility. I doubt really.
0: it. I would. I would love to hear. I would love to see. Reach out to us on Twitter. Let us know if you listen to us but didn't get a chance to watch the game. Because I can imagine if people went to work or something, maybe they got to work so they don't get to watch the game. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine if you're listening to podcast that you you not only watch the game but you want to hear more about it.
1: That would be interesting. But I have to feel like by the time our show comes out on Wednesday, sort of the play-by-play stuff has been talked about ad nauseum. So, you know, people have at least seen the highlights by the time we're we're released. So, true, yeah.
0: Okay. I was just wondering when you was explaining, because I've been thinking about how we talk about the plays, and then it's like, I wonder how many people didn't see what we're talking about. That's interesting.
1: It's a great question. I hope people do write to us if if they didn't see the game. I am at the Jamie D'Amico. He's at big underscore Newt.
0: Yeah, reach out, man. And so uh, actually one of the old Bills Packers, my boy Law School, he used to be with us at McFad's back in the day. He moved out to San Diego. So he reached out on Twitter to me, and we discussed the game and different things. And so he he said, you know what, man? He listened to it every week, right? And he was like, you, you, you and Jamie D should do three things that you like and then three things you didn't like about the game. And Hmm. so I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what, man? Hey, he's a fan. He takes the time out to listen to us every week. And I didn't run this by you. This is something I'm just coming off the top. And so, but I was trying to think, all right, what's the odds of us talking about three things we like that we didn't already talk about? You know? Okay. So I'm going to just do it, and we'll just see how it goes, okay? Okay. All right. So three things that I did like about the like about the game yesterday number one which we already talked about the old line play mm-hmm. i feel like we gave josh allen all day to throw okay a lot of the time and then with the run the run block it was wonderful we talked about that already one thing that i will say is and i don't know if you noticed this ryan Bates got hurt in the fourth quarter did i you didn't see, see that did you see who came in for him
1: was it cody ford or
0: was it john feliciano it was feliciano uh-huh And so I was like, that's real peculiar. So I I did want to get your thoughts on that. What do you think about Feliciano coming in and not playing over Ryan Basin? Do you think this is a changing of the guard, or do you think this was just an emergency situation?
1: Well, the Bills have shown, at least this coaching staff has shown, that they will go with a hot hand on the offensive line. You'll remember that last year there were two games that, Um, Mitch Morris sat and he was healthy and that's Mm -hmm. because they didn't want to interrupt the continuity that they had. So I think that the bills were looking at the Atlanta Falcons as not having a great defensive line. So they were going to take the opportunity to see if the offensive line played as well this week as it did last week. Ryan Bates had a good game. I think it was them saying we have an opportunity to see if this grouping is going to work and roll with it, it doesn't mean long-term that Feliciano is falling out of favor though.
0: Okay. That makes sense. All right. So the O line play was one number two, and we already talked about this, the running game, mm-hmm. Okay, the style in which we, uh, play the physicality. I think that set the tone and it was the theme of yesterday. Uh, Devin Singletary, 110 yards, man. And it's funny, I want to couple that. I saw an article, and I I forgot, so I can't reference it, uh, talking about us going after Saquon Barkley this offseason. And it talked about how he's frustrated, he wants out of New York, and because of his injury history, I don't know if New York is willing to give him that much money, so they might let him go. What are your thoughts of that? Would you like to see Saquon
1: Barkley as a Buffalo Bill? I'm not sure for a couple of reasons. He, he's going to cost $7.5 million in the final year of his contract. The other thing is he has had a lot of injuries over the past couple of years. If he has Ooh. a clean bill of health and the bills can give up very, very little for him, then yes, I would be interested in giving it a shot. But going into next season, the Bills are only looking at having $20 million in cap space. They're going to have to do something about that. $7.5 would take up more than a quarter of the cap space. And I am not sure you want to do that.
0: Makes sense from a financial standpoint, okay?
1: That would be 35% of your available money. I think you have bigger fish to fry.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I I am with you. I don't know about the price tag considering it I don't wanna disrespect my man say he's damaged goods. I think he's an elite talent when healthy, but the best ability is availability and he hasn't really been available and he's coming off of ACL too, so I don't know about that one. It's still up in the air. And if Devin Singletary and Zach Moss run like they didn't run yesterday, then I'm cool with them on rookie contracts.
1: Yeah, they probably need somebody more dynamic in the backfield, one way or the other, though.
0: I can see that. We could use an improvement there.
1: I, I I would like to see Devin Singletary as the second stringer.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I can change the pace back. I got you
1: but how you get that that rb1 that that remains to be seen i don't know that you give up assets on top of a lot of money mhm so one then, more thing
0: that you liked and the third thing once again we already talked about it in law school and i call my man law school cuz when we were in dc um back in uh 2007, 2008, he was attending law school there. So that's why I nicknamed him. Law school.
1: <laughs> no wonder I didn't know who you were talking about. Right.
0: <laughs> I nicknamed him. This was before, like, we used to be in the other end of the bar. That's before I migrated over to you all. Oh, okay. Law school, I used to watch the game with him and uh, my boy Bruce Smith. I didn't even know his name. I call him Bruce Smith because he always wore a Bruce Smith. You know him. He's a uh, black dude. He was older. He always had a Bruce Smith jersey on. So you probably do remember remember if you see them. Those are the three guys I used to watch the game with on the other end of the bar before I migrated to you all.
1: You made a good choice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Especially around this time of year when it was just us. You know, you got to find new friends to hang out with. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Only six people in the bar around now.
0: Exactly. So we all kind of yeah, they kind of closed the other end of the bar and everybody had to be on your end where the big Mm -hmm. screen TV was. And so the third thing I liked, and once again, we already talked about was uh, we clinched the uh, playoff spot for the fourth time in five years. And, and once again, we talked about that. We can't take that for granted, man. And we we know where we came from. If you're listening to our pod, I'm sure you're anything older than 12 years old like Jalen, then you know what we've been through uh, before we started making the playoffs because we had a long playoff drought. Mm-hmm. And so – We don't take this for granted. We don't look at this with soft eyes. It's the fact that, hey, you know, we're a winning franchise. Uh, People are proud to wear their paraphernalia and their jerseys and stuff. And it just makes it feel good that Bill's Mafia is not just about the fans. We actually got a good team to actually root for.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. The things that I, the three things I liked about the game at Oliver. Yes, Ed, freaking Oliver, man! After that third interception, he took over on defense. He had a tackle for a loss, a sack, and then a pressure on on third and long that helped the defense get off the field. He was outstanding, and even if he wasn't putting up the stats himself, he was helping guys like horrible Harry Phillips get sacks himself. It was he was excellent, and. Looks like he's becoming the player that we wanted him to be all along.
0: He looking like he want a new contract, don't he? Man, he sure does. Man. I mean, you're right, man. He played well. And you mentioned it. I, hey, Harrison Phillips, man. He mm-hmm. was making plays, man. He I, he got a sack, and then he got a fumble recovery all in one series. Yep. So, I mean, I love both their play yesterday, too. Good job. That's a good
1: and- one. If you recall, Harrison Phillips was my vote to be the Bills' breakout player of the year. Now, I don't know if he's broken out more so than Dawson Knox, but certainly on the defensive side, he's been the breakout player.
0: I agree, man. You did call that,
1: man. And you called yeah. Dawson Knox.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I did.
1: Second thing I liked, the Bills' third down defense. The Bills forced fourth down on six out of seven third down opportunities. And they gave up a total of seven yards on those seven plays. Mm. That's pretty damn good.
0: Yep. And a couple of that on top of that, uh, just the fact that we didn't, well, we didn't when we had the ball. Second week in a row, I think we didn't punt. Is that true? Uh,
1: Second week in a row. It's the first time since 2000. The 2000 Patriots, I think it was.
0: Yeah, man, the defense is showing up and showing out, man. And I'm going to talk about the things I didn't like about it. But, yeah, we're looking like, once again, one of the top defenses in the league. And kudos to Leslie Frazier on making that happen. Ben, but don't break. Mm -hmm. That's the motto.
1: And the final thing that I, I really liked was the Bills were able to take Falcons running back Cordero Patterson completely out of the game. He looked like he might have a good day early on, but overall, they contained him on the edge, uh, gained two yards or fewer on five of his 11 touches, and he wasn't a big issue in the passing game either. The Bills covered him really well coming out of the backfield. That's an important thing. You're seeing a lot more of receivers going into passing routes and they're not easy to cover. And the Bills, I mean, Patterson's having a great year. The Bills did a great job against him.
0: And a little nugget on Cordell Patterson is, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, uh, Stefan Diggs sent him like a 100 buffalo wings, all different flavors, dressed in all kind of dressing and stuff. And so he took a picture of it and tweeted it out and said uh, – that Stephon Diggs, you're a real one for this. So I don't know, man. Let's keep an eye on it. Maybe that was some undercover recruiting. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that's possible. the The other thing is that maybe, um, maybe those wings were tainted, and he was trying to get everybody sick.
0: Perhaps yeah, that's true.
1: Ooh, <laughs> the Trojan horse of wings. <laughs> I don't know if
0: Diggs would do that. No. <laughs> um, but yeah. So now three things. I didn't like, and we talked about two of them already. We did. I'm sure we both can agree. We didn't like the three interceptions, even mm-hmm. though once again, two of them were tip. We already talked about that. The second thing I didn't like Marquez Stevenson, man, you can't muff a punt in that situation, bro. That ended yeah. up in the, uh, that ended up as a safety, man. Thank God it wasn't a touchdown. So we recovered in the end zone. So it was only two points. So we started off the, started off the game, um, uh, In a hole right there.
1: Can I just say that he makes me so nervous? The hits that that guy takes, he has no concept of getting his pads low and trying to mitigate the big hit. He gets blowed up constantly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then once again, we knew this was going to be a situation letting Andre Roberts go because once again, when Andre Roberts was back there, we never even blinked. We never nope. worried about it because, you know, when you do a punt return, it's kind of like, okay, they go to commercial. We already going to the counter, getting our beer, going to the bathroom. We never had to worry about Andre Roberts. Now with this, it's like, oh, my God, like what's going to happen? And you did know?
1: you see that Roberts had a 101-yard uh, kickoff return for a touchdown yesterday? No, oh,
0: don't tell me that. You know how I feel about that, man. Once they leave Buffalo, I don't want them to ever get other highlights. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, man. Um, but, yeah, so we can't have those situations. We start out in the hole. And then the third thing I didn't like, and this is kind of nitpicking, but Pitts and that 61-yard catch and run. Mm-hmm. I didn't like that. And our defense, once again, I ain't nitpicking because our defense really don't give up big plays like that. But – I, I was like, this is probably the most explosive play our defense that gave up. I ain't going to say all year, but in a long time,
1: huh? Well, the Bills lead the league in ex- explosive passing plays allowed in that they have allowed the fewest. And that was going to be the thing that that's really my jumping off point for what I didn't like. And I'm going to narrow it down a little bit more and say what I didn't like about the game was Dane Jackson. Dane mm. Jackson, not only did he give up the reception, he whiffed on the tackle. Exactly. Come on, man. And it worries me going forward that Dane Jackson is the guy who's going to get picked on. He has been week after week. They've been going after him, and he's acquitted himself decently. But say the Bengals, for example, he's going to have to match up with either Jamar Chase or Tyler Boyd, and I don't have any real confidence that he can run with those guys for an entire game. I'm missing Trey right now, buddy.
0: Yeah, and we knew that that was going to happen. To tell you the truth, because of the schedule, because of the schedule, it really hasn't came to bite us. But once we get to the playoffs, man, you're going to have, like you just said, Jamar Chase has having one of the best rookie seasons of all time. I think he broke the rookie receiving record with mm-hmm. one game to go already.
1: And do you remember in training camp when he couldn't actually catch a pass? Yep. My, how things have changed. Oh, by the way, he put up uh, like 266 yards and Joe Burrow went over 400 yards for the second consecutive week. Last week, he went over 500 yards. The Bengals are looking like a team that nobody wants to play at the moment.
0: Yeah, they're calling them them the Bayou Bengals, man, those LSU products. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you're going to need Good quarter, uh, quarterback play. And that's one of the things we're going to have to keep an eye on going into the playoffs. But we knew that, you know. So, uh, but I, I got faith in Leslie Frazier. He'll design schemes and hopefully not put him in a situation where he's going to give up plays like that. Right.
1: The next thing that I didn't love is that the Bills just couldn't get Dawson Knox into the game, even when they tried. Mm-hmm. The Falcons honestly put together a really good defense and made a point of taking him out of the game. And you could see that it, it affected the bills offense because he much like Cole Beasley sort of keeps the chains moving and they were doing everything they could to cover him with multiple players to knock him on his butt when he was trying to get out for routes. Like they were hip to everything he was doing on every play And I hope that that wasn't one of the reasons Josh Allen had a tougher day. But Dawson Knox makes a difference in the offense. And I didn't like that they weren't able to get the ball to him. But really, I think it's more that we have to tip our cap to the Falcons for having a really good plan against him.
0: I agree with you. I agree with that. And I wanted to say some going back to Kyle Pitts real quick. You see, uh, after the 61-yard run, I think shortly after that, he came out of the game. It looked like he uh, had a strain mm-hmm. hamstring, mm-hmm. and I was like, thank God. I don't want him to be hurt too bad, but just hurt enough to where he couldn't come back in the game. Because I think with Kyle Pitts in the game, it would have been, a, I'm not going to say a different outcome, but definitely a different game. Um, when they put other guys in that situation, they are not a threat like Kyle Pitts as well they shouldn't be. He was the fourth overall pick in the draft. So I was I was scared to death, and we knew that he had big playability, which he displayed on that run, catch and
1: run. I think that we have to call a spade a spade here and say, we got to witness the next great tight end. I mean, he's really – he has all the athletic ability, and he's actually – playing up to the expectations, which were nearly impossible. I don't remember the last time a tight end was picked fourth overall. Have they ever been previously?
0: I right. I don't know.
1: It's some great tight ends, good young tight ends in
0: the league. But to get picked that high, I, I can't remember one off hand.
1: Right. So the guy is going to be a great player. We got to see him in, in a game that the Bills were able to come out on top by. In three years, I man, he, he's going to be impossible to cover. He's going to be a a Travis Kelsey type, if not more explosive.
0: Yeah, I can see that, man.
1: So the final thing that I don't like about the game, and it wasn't even about the Bills game specifically, it's about Sunday in general. I don't like the fact that we have to be talking about Vontae Davis again after that (laughs) utter sideline meltdown that Antonio Davis had for the Buccaneers against the Jets. Oh my God. Is and I I'm not saying this to make fun, but are we looking at a are we looking at a CTE case study with this guy?
0: Yeah, I mean, you don't know what we're talking about Antonio Brown yesterday, Jets, Tampa Bay. He walks off the field after taking off his uniform with his shoulder pads jersey and he threw his t-shirt in the stands, ran through the end zone, waving his hands frantically as he goes into the locker room. And yes, I mean, it's, and we, we saw on videos when he was out the league, him running around his, uh, yard, uh, calling for his mom. I mean, it's something seriously wrong with that young man. I hope he gets help. Um, uh, but yeah, that's I was going to touch on that on my uh when I signed off, but yeah, his career is pretty much over.
1: He has Hall of Fame talent and even the statistics to potentially back it up. Um I I wonder if somebody'll give him uh, another chance, but you know, we throw around accusations of CTE because it's something that's not well understood, but beyond that I I think Tom Brady really hit the nail on the head when he said, we love the guy. He's dealing with some things. We have to, we have to approach him with compassion. Right. And I I think based on everything we've seen, whatever the cause is, he's certainly dealing with mental illness. Now, obviously I'm not somebody who is, you know, certified or, you know, has the ability to diagnose it. But from the outside looking in, He's not right, and he's been doing a lot of very strange, strange things over the past five years, four years, and he's not well. I I think that's probably pretty obvious, but when he left the sidelines, he packed up and got in a cab and left the stadium, and later in the day, he released a rap song. Did it, you know that part?
0: No, I saw that he tweeted out something about super gremlin or something, but and it was him dressed with his chain on, look like he walking, but I didn't know what that meant. So I just kind of disregarded it. So
1: Yeah. So I saw a great, great tweet from a gentleman uh who goes by Judge Mathis, and he said Vonte Davis walked so Antonio Brown could run.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and man, I saw people saying, yeah, Vontae Davis, he was like, and Brown was like, yeah, hold my beer. You know, <laughs> right. He went up there. So, yeah, it's, that's great. And, and once again, man, I hate the good show with Tom Brady and his greatness, but I, I really like what he said. And we joke about it, but, uh you know, mental illness. CTE, those aren't laughing matters. Um, Obviously, on our show, we make light of things because we're entertainers more than reporters, and so it's very serious situation. And and, and it's not. We hope one day he can get the help he needs. But I thought Tom Brady asking for fans to have empathy for him, I think that showed a lot of class, man.
1: So Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it it definitely does. Um, So now I think that we have to touch on uh, upcoming playoffs. Because the Bills are in, uh, the teams that are in the playoffs are three teams that have already won the division in the A- their division in the AFC. You've got the Tennessee Titans with the number one seed, followed by the Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals, and then the Bills and Patriots are really they are going to the playoffs. It just hasn't been decided who is winning what. The Bengals are the three seed ahead of the Bills, despite the same. Record in that they win the tiebreaker because of best winning percentage in the conference. The Bills cannot overtake them now that Cincinnati has uh, beaten the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. So if the playoffs were to begin today, the Bills would be hosting the New England Patriots. Part three. Part three. Sixth seed would be the Colts, and then the Chargers and Raiders are playing each other for a win-and-in scenario.
0: And so. then, right. And then you got the Steelers that's still down there, but they play tonight against Cleveland. And then Baltimore is on the outside looking in. They're not eliminated yet. So they said the uh, Ravens have like a 5% chance of making a playoff. So you think that's why Lamar Jackson made the Pro Bowl over uh, – Josh Allen because they knew he'd be
1: available (laughs) huh interesting (laughs) Uh, because right now they're the Ravens are actually ranked 11th in the AFC behind the Dolphins who's already eliminated who's eliminated Go figure
0: yeah but that's pretty much saying they're all but eliminated they need so much stuff to happen for them to right you know so, like I said, they have a five percent chance. So, so you say there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> if that was a team, that would be the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, I don't, I don't. But anyway, to answer your question, I don't like the fact that we have to play New England. That's just me. That that's always been my bedrock. I don't think that you should have to play a division foe the first round of playoffs. Right. Um. I, I think we should have a shot at somebody else. Um, but if we have to, if that's the way it falls, then so be it. They gotta come the next up
1: most likely opponent would be the Colts. So I don't know that it gets that much better if you play the Colts in the first round. So you're yeah, I mean, you definitely, if it was between
0: the Colts and Patriots, I'd say the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You know, who would I rather play? It's just, once again, I'd rather play somebody else. I just don't want that somebody else to be the Colts.
1: Yeah, yeah, and after losing their star receivers for a good portion of the year, Derrick Henry being out, the Titans back in the driver's seat in the AFC is remarkable to me.
0: Yeah, the one seed, man, and and they're talking about Derrick Henry's coming back for the playoffs, so uh, they did a good job. They're a well-coached team, good organization, uh, lunch pills smack you in the mouth. Uh, I mean, I think that's a good situation for them, man.
1: It is. i, I I'm really impressed by the job Mike Frabel has done this year. Uh, and, you know, the AFC has been really quite a race the, the entire season. And I'm, I, I've been enjoying watching it. I just would enjoy it more if the Bills were the number one seed. That's all.
0: Oh, I, I definitely agree. But like we said two weeks ago, if we could win the division, which we should, we're 17 and a half point favorites over the jets, mm-hmm. uh, going there, and take care of business. I mean, we still got everything in front of us, man. Cause the ultimate goal is hopefully to be there at the end and win a Super Bowl, And that's still right there. It's just, our road is going to be a little tougher, you know? And, uh, you know, and, and like, uh, your boy said, man, you are what your records say you are, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so we're definitely I mean, we're a ten and sixteen. We have uh some inconsistencies, but we have a couple of warts, but what team does it? And mm-hmm. that shows by Tennessee being eleven and five, Kansas City being eleven to five, the Bengals ten and six, we're ten and six, the Patriots ten and six. Mm-hmm. You know. It ain't like it's somebody that's fourteen and one, you know? So We're all right there. Everybody got a chance. Everybody does stuff good. Some some people got warts, too. So it's going to be interesting down the stretch.
1: Yes. And we will get into it as the playoffs go by. But the NFC is looking superior to the AFC right about now. I agree. So uh, anything else on your mind before we wrap up this fine, fine episode of Jamie D and Big Newt?
0: I have to say, man, once again, Happy New Year to you and your family. Um, we you, lost some you. good uh, some good people this past week, man. Rest in peace to John Madden. We lost him last week. Um, he's very influential and this is why I wanted to run by you too before we go real quick. Do you think John Madden is the most recognizable name in all of football in history? Just Ooh, off the top of your head.
1: History? Yeah. Uh, define recognizable
0: when I say recognizable, I mean his brand. Like when you hear the name, oh. not necessarily his face, because I don't. Because and I bring this up because I've been talking to my friends about this all week. That because they always ask me, like, does Jalen know? And you know, Jalen is like a football savant, okay? Mm-hmm. So, Jalen, my son, is really not the average kid when it comes to football knowledge, and so. He, they asked me, do you think kids today really know who John Madden was or do they just know him from the video game? And I'm like, that's an interesting question. I'm like, I know Jalen knows who he is, you know what I'm saying, more than just the football game. But most kids probably just know him from Mad Football, which has sold millions of copies over the last 30 years, mm-hmm. right? So does that make him just – but for us, we knew him as a coach – we know him as one of the best commentators or color analysts all time. Mm-hmm. And then now the game. So if it was like a Mount Rushmore of branding and football, would he be at the top of that Mount Rushmore? Is he not
1: Is he not football? I think you make a compelling case. And I, I don't think I can disagree because the first name that came to mind that might compete with that would be Vince Lombardi. Because I was thinking about, you know, how how much he was revered and the fact that there's youth football leagues named after him. Right. But not as many kids play football as play Madden football. Right. (laughs) You're right. I
0: couldn't think, because I was thinking, I was like, I only like Michael Jordan, like he, like, Man is basically the Michael Jordan of of football. As far as branding is concerned. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, man won a championship. That's fine. Because then you'd be like, well, he only won one championship and Bill Belichick got six, seven championships. That's true. But I'm talking about the commentating also. All right. Mm -hmm. And, And now the video game, which, like you said, more kids play mad football than actually play football. So you're reaching people who's outside of your demographic, and that's what really, to me, what branding is. Where, like Michael Jordan, people buy Jordan sneakers that don't play basketball. Right. <laughs> you know you know what I'm saying? Like my wife, you know, she wears Jordans. Like you might, might not ever play basketball before you wear Jordans. Like, So that's what I mean by branding and reaching people that's not of your, you know, demographic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to go with you on that. I, I think he is kind of the face of football. Right. And he hasn't announced in many years, which is interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. So he stopped in 2012, I think, or mm-hmm. 2010. We looked it up. It's somewhere. But he's been out of the booth for years now. So, um, but RIP to him. R.I.P. to Miss Betty White, the incomparable Betty White.
1: My 46th birthday will forever be known as the day Betty White died.
0: Man. Man. Oh, it was your birthday? Yep. Oh, well, happy birthday, man. I didn't even know that.
1: You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. New Year's Eve is my birthday. Well,
0: happy birthday, man. How was your birthday?
1: Oh, it was uh, was quite swell. We had... um, we had a few people over. Everybody took uh, COVID tests before coming. And, uh, nice. yeah, we, we had like four people come over to the house. We got some uh, chicken shawarma takeout. And they, the friends brought some really good desserts. And we uh, drank bubbles.
0: Well, happy birthday, my friend. I will be up there Sunday since the game got flexed to 4 o'clock. It works out beautifully. Simone got basketball practice. And I'll come on down to the bullpen We'll watch the game, and uh, I'll give you a beer, man, on me.
1: That sounds fantastic.
0: So, yeah, we'll be together this weekend. Good stuff, man. RIP to Dan Reeves, the coach of the Denver Broncos. He passed away last week. Um, And also, this is a pop culture reference, Max Julian, who played Goldie from the movie The Mac. Passed away also this weekend. So. I don't know that
1: one. So Dan yeah. Reeves was 77 years old. And I hate to say this, but I thought he was 77 years old back in 1988. Back then? Yeah. <laughs> I know, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I can see that. And last but not least, RIP. And we mentioned this before, and I don't, I don't want to be so funny, but RIP, Antonio Brown career, he'll never play football again. Hopefully he gets some help.
1: How long do you think it's going to take before Bills fans on social media start saying, oh, we should bring him in, man. What do we have to lose? No way. I'll receive – we don't even – do you think we
0: need him? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not what I receive in court. Bills no fans way. are going to
1: say it, though. They oh, always please. do.
0: No way. That, 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 that won't happen. If we were losing, they might say that, but we're winning, and our receiver core, once again, is one of the best in the league. And Davis had a wonderful catch along the sideline yesterday. That was so great. I mean, oh, the toe taps, dude. This dude is the toe tap king, man. You know how hard that is to get your toes down when the ball's going down. You, you frowning out of bounds, man.
1: That kid, man. His sideline awareness is uncanny. He is. he has sideline awareness and the ability to get his feet down that I think his uh, contemporaries only dream of having.
0: I agree. Do you think we're going to have a problem with the Jets next week? No. So we I could go ahead and order my t-shirt 4XL?
1: Yeah. Back definitely. Because yeah, like we didn't talk about that this episode, but there's no reason to talk about it. It's the Jets.
0: So it doesn't bother you that they took uh the uh Tampa Bay Bucks to the brink?
1: No, not at all, because they played yeah. particularly well. The Bucks played Particularly poorly, and they still couldn't pull it off.
0: All right. I'll see you this
1: weekend, my friend. Talk to you, buddy. Give us a song.
0: Hey, hey, let's go, Buffalo.